welcome to another episode of Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion. I'm your host, Amanda Starling, here to talk to you about all things intersectional feminism, DIY, and of course, the music. I hope you're all doing okay and staying safe. I know things are getting rocky as we get closer to the U.S. elections, and many of us are just trying our best to keep going in any capacity, whether it's in our jobs, our hobbies, our civic efforts, our relationships. It's a time that just continues to challenge us all it's been a long year and I really hope in the midst of that you're prioritizing and caring for yourself it's been tricky for me to balance so much while grappling with like our current existence but you know one of the things that's kept my mind easier with processing all this stuff and everything that's going on is it's just a part of being human right now it's something that we're kind of all collectively living and it's okay to admit when you're feeling vulnerable or overwhelmed and stressed or anything and especially when we're able to talk about it that makes it that much more important and that much um I think easier to process to some extent because we're talking we're we're admitting our feelings and that's the first thing you can do whenever it comes to uh going through an experience like what we're going through right and kind of starting to find the path forward so um, if I slow down or if I don't post as much just please understand that I'm like all of us kind of going through it if you will and it's okay and it's okay to um, slow down or you know take time do what you have to to kind of get through this moment because um, you know it it doesn't feel easy every day but we're all going to come out of it and hopefully we're all going to come out of it better so if anything this moment is long but it's not forever and i think having you all is what's keeping my head up so thank you for that seriously um speaking of things that help this week's guest really accomplishes that with really intimate growth driven songwriting i'm joined by colleen of thank you i'm sorry and this band has put out so much great music here in 2020 their acoustic release, The Malta House, was just a teaser for their album dropping this August titled, I'm Glad We're Friends. Colleen and I spoke about the band's evolution, influences, shaping the new record, chronicling growth through music, and so much more. So with that, let's hear more of Thank You, I'm Sorry, and then hear from Colleen.
All right. Well, welcome, Colleen, to Angry Girl Music at the Indie Rock Persuasion. How are things going? Things are going pretty good today, you know. <laughs> dropped, our, dropped our single, you know. Yeah, that's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah, very exciting. How's everybody been receiving Manic Pixie Dream Hurl? Um, it seems pretty good so far. It seems like a lot of people are excited. Um, yeah, I think so far so good. <laughs> That's amazing. Well, I'm really excited to talk to you about all things. Thank you. I'm sorry. This is really amazing. Um, remind me, you're based out of like the Philly area, right? No, no. Um, I was based out of Chicago and then in okay. the last month I moved to Minneapolis and that's where oh, both okay. I'm no, mixing up bands. <laughs> it's, I've also had other people think that I'm from Philly as well, but yeah, like originally Chicago and now Minneapolis. Oh, awesome. Okay. So um, what was it like for you to kind of move from Chicago to Minneapolis? It was very interesting. Um, so I originally started the project as like a Chicago musician, like living in Chicago and all of my bandmates were in Chicago with me. Um, and after th- like a, after a couple like band member changeovers, just not working out. Um, and then Kent Yolicky stars reaching out to me about signing. Um, I had my drummer Sage Livergood who lives in Minneapolis and my bassist, uh, Bethany Schreiner, be who also lives in Minneapolis. They became my primary band members. So for the lo- like a long time we were doing me living in Chicago and them in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And it was hard. <laughs> like, you know, having a band that was, like, playing shows and we all lived, like, seven hours away from each other. Mm, okay. Um, moving here has honestly been a lot easier on the band just because now it's easier for us to, like, get together and practice. We've been able to, like, we're already recording for LP2, so. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, so it's been really, like, it's made things a lot easier to just get work done and, like, have a more cohesive thing going on. That's amazing. Well, if anything, that's definitely more of a congratulations move, which is really exciting because now you can kind of see your band grow and stuff. Yeah, no, it's it's been really nice. Thank you. That's amazing. I'm so glad to hear that. Well, let's like kind of time travel here for a second and stuff. And I want to hear about how you first began to play music. So I, ever since I was a little kid, I really liked music. And when I was in elementary school, I started playing cello and I played cello all through middle school and high school um pretty pretty extremely I got pretty like hard into that and was playing in a lot of like extracurricular orchestras and was going to like music camps outside of school and really deep dove into that and really kind of like found my place in music and realized that's what I wanted to do but as I got into that world I realized that I didn't really want to be involved in classical music and I was kind of like you know coming a little punk person. <laughs> I was like, hmm, I don't know. I don't really want to play in orchestras. That's not really where I want my music to be. Um, and I taught myself guitar uh, probably when I was like 12, I think. I just started learning like covers, just like whatever songs I was listening to. And as I taught myself guitar, I kind of just started picking up other instruments and doing that and just kind of like working on that and working on my singing. And Went through high school really wanting to start a band, but I'm from rural Illinois where there was like no one interested in that. So kind of just hung out on my own for a while and then moved to Minneapolis for a year after high school, met a bunch of people up here and got involved in the music scene, moved back to Chicago (laughs) and then um, 
really like found an outlet with my own music and writing my own songs and kind of just really like dove into that. And then that's when I started Thank You. And yeah. That's so amazing. And that's interesting to me how like you do have kind of this background in music and stuff. And it's been more so I think for you about like kind of from my understanding here, like finding your voice, finding your confidence and like really doing something for yourself then. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, yeah, because it was always something I was doing and, well, it felt right and, like, I, like, cello has, like, a very important place in my heart and always will, mm-hmm. but, like, just kind of realizing that, like, I wanted to be doing more with it or at least something different mm-hmm. was, like, a very big thing and, like, finding out that I could still do a lot with music and just move it to another thing. That's incredible. Um, do you ever find that your background in cello helps you at all when it comes to songwriting or performing? Oh, yeah, I definitely, um, you know, like I'm classically trained and I've been like studying music theory since I was a kid. So that's helped a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I've been kind of like, like, I don't realize how much of it like isn't common knowledge. And I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it, you know, it helps with counting and it helps being able to understand like other instruments and like mm-hmm. being able to kind of transfer that over. Um into different things I feel like I feel like I have like a pretty wide range of what I can do and like different things I can think of so yeah definitely explains to me the intricacy and like detail that there is within like thank you I'm sorry at some points and stuff you having that classically trained background no wonder why it's like everything just seems to click right into place yeah no and Sage also went to music school so (laughs) both of us sometimes just kind of like do one of those like where our brains just connect and yeah (laughs) that's incredible to have two people with that background in a band is just like next level i feel like yeah that's amazing um tell me about like whose music were you kind of listening to that kind of helped motivate you perhaps move toward like the more like indie and punk side of music so i mean i've been a little emo kid for so long yeah Um, yeah i mean just in general, like, a lot of, like, the bands that, like, originally inspired me, like, from the indie side have been, like, Best Coast, um, Someone Still Loves You, Boris Yeltsin, um, like, those kinds of bands, and then on the emo side, like, I was very heavily involved in, like, or not involved, but I listened to a lot of, like, the earlier, like, Count Your Lucky Stars bands, like, Free Throw Empire, like, all of that classic, or not, emo revival, it's not classic emo. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um... and as I started Thank You, I was kind of merging more into, like, the newer DIY scene. I remember the band that really, like, inspired me to start Thank You was actually Worst Party Ever because I was listening to it and I was oh. like, oh, I could do this. <laughs> and, like, I love Worst Party Ever. They're so good. And it was just, like, one of those things where I, I realized, like, oh, like, I can just record myself playing acoustic guitar and I can... Mm-hmm this and so it started that and then as I went into it like other bands that have inspired me a lot have been like Remember Sports, um, Kayatana, Now Now. You're mentioning so many bands that are up my alley and my ears perked up a little bit when you mentioned Worst Party Ever because like they live in like the next town over from me. I'm in oh. I'm in Florida and like they're originally from like I guess like they mostly play like the Bradenton area, like Sarasota area right now. But like um, they were like big in like the Tallahassee scene, which is like four hours from here for a bit and stuff. That's kind of where they really hit the ground running and everything. So it's just like, yep, I know the guys in Rose Party ever, which is so wild. Yeah. 
And I love how much they've grown. And the fact that they can influence somebody like you is amazing to me. Definitely. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. So tell me a little bit more about how like, thank you, I'm sorry, began. Like, how did that, how did that start to kind of grow for you? Yeah. So I, um, once I moved home to Chicago, it was like a really (laughs) heartbreaking experience for me. Like I just tried like to jump into adulthood and it failed really badly. (laughs) Um, I like, I moved out the same day that I graduated high school and then just like struggled to like make enough money to pay rent and just kind of, you know, failed at the adulthood thing the first time and had to kind of like suck it up and move back to my like teeny tiny hometown in Illinois. Mm-hmm. and then like got out of like my first long-term real relationship and just kind of had all of these emotions and a lot of you know very chaotic things happening to me and I like I really found an outlet with music so I kind of just started writing songs and I would share them with people and they were like this is really good you should do something with this and I was mm-hmm. like I don't know if I could do that um and then like uh I had been really good friends with Lily from Beach Bunny and sh- we were talking and She's like, well, you should just record it, like, on your phone and just put it on Spotify. Like, you can just do that. And I was like, I guess, I guess you're right. Um, And I did. And that's kind of just how we started was, like, these pretty awful demos that I recorded on voice memos on my iPhone. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, kind of just picked up from there. That's so amazing. And, like, the thing is, is, like, everybody starts somewhere and we all have our really rough quality stuff when it comes to like, Oh yeah, I'm just using whatever I've got. But I feel like that's kind of the beauty of being in like DIY is like you can use anything you can create from anything. And generally speaking, the community is very accepting and excited even whenever it's something that, you know, if it's a voice memo, everybody's just like tight. That's like a new way to record or whatever. It's more of that excited energy rather than this whole like, well, you don't have pro tools or whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely like doing that. I mean, if I had never even just recorded those demos, it wouldn't have propelled me into where I'm at now. So it's been like cool to be a part of a community that is accepting of that, that you can then like grow through and then move on to being like you know a little bit more put together than iphone demos but yeah everybody starts somewhere and that's so great that that was an opportunity for you and that like you got support at that point too definitely i love that well you've kind of got this love for emo music and stuff for sure and that makes (laughs) me very happy because i love emo too I'm kind of curious, like, how would you describe your sound as thank you, I'm sorry, and, like, how has, how how have maybe other genres, like, influenced you in forming that? Yeah, um, I definitely think, at least with, like, as our full band stuff goes, I think thank you has definitely kind of shed a lot of the emo sounds. I think it still takes a lot from the lyrics. I mean, I'm still a sad motherfucker, (laughs) (laughs) but... I definitely think our sound has kind of transcended into a lot of indie as that's definitely what I listen to more now. Um, I completely just lost my turn of thought. <laughs> um, sorry. No, that's okay. You were talking about how like your sound, you feel like it's kind of evolves and um, from it just being kind of like more of an emo influence and stuff and kind of taking from other sounds. Yeah, I definitely feel like kind of the more as I started writing music and the more I like kind of was understanding what was going behind it as I was listening to these like other like 
usually indie bands because again that's just kind of where like I've kind of moved to mm-hmm. um I was noticing how much cool stuff that they do and how many like cool sounds they take in and kind of trying to combine that with some of the like eagerness and like honestness that I think um emo provides and kind of that like raw like most garagey sounding but still also then doing like these cool like thought out extra bits that mm-hmm. I feel like it really has I feel like we've kind of while still being on the more indie side, like still kind of kept some of the heart of some of the emo stuff going as well. That's amazing. I love that. Cause I feel like when you start to bridge and play with sound, you can really come up with something that's very unique to your own voice and your own style. I agree. Yeah. That's amazing. That's definitely something your band has been able to accomplish. I feel, um, do you have like any collective influences that like everybody in the band can kind of point to and say, yeah, we really love this band and they've inspired us. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I know Sage and I are constantly throwing music back and forth. I know yeah. like, a lot of like Gleamer, Sage and I have really been like, oh, like these cool spaced out parts. I'm literally, as we're talking, I'm going to look at me and Sage's conversations to see what songs we sent back to each other. Yeah. So like, oh, we should do this kind of thing because I know like there's been a lot of like, like Phoebe Bridgers we've taken a lot of inspiration from with different parts. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I'm just looking for more. Yeah, no problem. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones. There's so much going on in music these days, honestly, and it's like surprising considering we're like in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I definitely feel like Gleamer was a big one for us, just that like, kind of the simpleness because definitely like a lot of I feel like my music is written around the lyrics and then so like trying to fit all of that into it Mm -hmm. or like trying to fit our music around the lyrics and I feel like Gleamer is a band that does that well so we definitely took a lot of inspiration from them I love it yeah that's amazing um so you have this awesome record coming out I'm glad we're friends tell Mm -hmm. me about your songwriting process for this record how did it all kind of start to come together um very chaotic (laughs) (laughs) my song like my personal songwriting process is usually like usually what happens is I write the song and then I show it to my bandmates and then we all kind of come together and write Sage is usually very quick with drum parts and we kind of all come together for the bass parts um sometimes B just whips out like a fat groove (laughs) yeah it's super cool and sometimes like I don't know, sometimes Sage has helped out and done that, and sometimes I just get a little bit carried away with my songwriting, and I just go ahead and write it, but, um, so usually what it is, is I, like, chaotically sit down with my acoustic guitar, and usually when I write a song, it comes out in about 30 minutes, like, oh, wow, yeah, it's very, like, I don't know, I feel like I just get, like, a wave of, like, being in that right headspace, and I can just kind of, like, crank one out really quickly, And then I'll spend like three to four days kind of going through it and playing with rhythms a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, Maybe like going back over lyrics and seeing if I could find words that fit a little bit better. Um, And I usually record it in voice memos like three separate times, like the very first time I write it, a second time and a third time. And then I'll send that out to the bandmates and then we all get together and practice and it becomes something else. And then what we've been doing now with like... (laughs) Um, or like, I guess with like the later songs that we recorded on, or the, the newer songs that weren't, um, like made full band from the Malta house, mm-hmm. 
um, when we were writing them, like recording them in the studio, we all kind of sat down and we're like, oh, what if we added this and this? And that was like a more like thought out version. Whereas with um, the ones from Malta House, we kind of just like did the process of writing them in person and then just putting them onto the record. So. That's amazing. And um, I think it's great that you took the opportunity to kind of evolve songs from the Malta House and stuff because um, I really like so much of what you put into that EP, particularly it's like, I'm pulling a quote here from one of your interviews, but you talk about how like um, a lot of it is about like confronting fears about who you are as a person, complex relationships that we can have with ourselves and stuff. And I feel like that's kind of a theme in your writing in general. What was it like for you to kind of like continue to explore that in this full length record? Um, I mean, it's rough. It's, I feel like this project is very based out of self-growth and a lot of the songs I've written are literally me processing my own self-growth and processing my own emotions I have towards myself. Gotcha. Um, and there were definitely some songs <laughs> that as I wrote them, I was like, oof, <laughs> that one hurt. Um, I again lost my head, uh, train of thought. I'm so That's sorry. okay. This is what editing's for, so no worries. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> And it's interesting that you talk about kind of like confronting yourself and stuff and kind of um, what that feels like and what that process is like. And I feel like one of the songs that was pretty honest from my perspective, at least, was looking at like Crocodile, crocodile Tears. Mm-hmm. It felt like it was such a really loud and good song about looking at the way you kind of approach emotion and stuff. Can you talk a little bit about that song? Yeah, so Crocodile Tears was like definitely about a relationship where – very clear signals that I was just not allowing myself to see, um, you know, and then kind of going back and beating myself up about like, Mm. dummy, it was right in front of you. Mm. (laughs) Um, And kind of then just looking, I mean, like for me, just writing that song, kind of looking at like red flags that tend to ignore just in general and being like, hmm, maybe you should think about that more. But Mm. yeah. I love that. Honestly, it's like we all go through those kind of experiences where we kind of push aside these things and, you know, you're trying to process relationships. And I think it's particularly hard when you're even younger and you're trying to experience this for the first time. Yeah. You know, when you know things aren't great, you kind of, but you're still so excited because it's something fresh and new. Definitely. It's kind of easy to push aside the red flags for sure. That's one of the things that stood out to me in that song too. It's just like, you know, that honesty when dealing with that is so crucial. Yeah. And a lot of those songs, like most of the songs written off of um, the Malta House, Mm -hmm. those were written when I was 18 and 19, Mm -hmm. which are just, you're experiencing so much and you haven't quite learned those lessons yet. And I feel like it resonates a lot with people. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of those are just emotions everyone kind of goes through and has to like learn that lesson. And it's like, you kind of don't care about the outcome as you're going through it. And then as you get older and go through it, you're like, oh yeah, like not worth the outcome. Right. No kidding. Yeah. That I've had those thoughts while I've had a lot more time to sit with my thoughts lately was like, was that worth it? I guess <laughs> I learned something. Okay. <laughs> That's how it just continues to get more like that as you get older for sure. And it just makes me laugh because I'm just like, yeah, yeah, I was, I was a stupid kid. What's new? <laughs> Um, if anything, I think uh, on the flip side to it, one of the things, one of the songs that I got excited about was like menthol flavored oatmeal. Mm-hmm. Of course, that's the one that you've released previously and stuff, but it's like, I find this one still so interesting because it's like really beautifully capturing that awkward phase of like 
sometimes still wanting to be a kid, sometimes still wanting to be an adult. And you're kind of caught in this like weird, awkward phase of like, I don't know what I want to be. Just maybe not feeling, I would rather like feel good. Can we at least get that established? I feel like (laughs) so much of what you're searching for in that song. Can you talk about it in detail? Yeah. Um, so just like a little funny thing, I wrote the lyrics to that song. I was working in this awful coffee shop in the South Mm -hmm. Loop in Chicago, I guess like Southwest Loop, but, um, and I remember like I was just having a bad time and I remember I scribbled down all the lyrics to that song, like on one of those like brown napkins or like paper towels. Yeah. Like Sharpie. I think I still have it somewhere, but it's just all the lyrics scribbled down on that. Um, And yeah, just kind of, I dreaded going to work every day and I hated it, but you have to because you're an adult and that's just what you have to do. And it's, um, yeah, it was definitely just reflecting on how much (laughs) I was coming to the realization that it sucks when you grow up and you just have to do things you don't want to do and um, kind of finding your footing and like your tolerance of how much of that you can handle. Sure. So... Yeah. No, I feel that that's a that's a permanent question. I feel like you end up having, at least I have had for a while. It's like you know, you kind of find your threshold for bullshit, and you also like have to figure out what do I have to suck up to and deal with right now. And I feel like all the emotions that you kind of go through in that song in particular are so fascinating to me because you have these moments of like, I feel like. Um, pessimism mixed with like self-doubt if you will because it's like you know the whole it doesn't matter how hard I work it's never enough yeah it's like we all go through that we all have that day at work where it's just kind of like I I don't know if I can get this right and stuff and I think it's so great how you call that out and then just those moments of like I just feel so alone everything is so scary and mm-hmm. it's like that's just a real mood that you have as an adult there's so many moments and the way that you just kind of call them out and be like yeah adulting is not easy <laughs> It's yeah. like, I think we all need, need that wake-up call sometimes, but it's like, but do you really want to be treated like a kid again? I think that was an interesting parallel that you kind of put up. It's like, well, I don't want to be a child, but I don't know if I want this level of adulting either. Like craving that level of safety, but also enjoying, um, you know, having, being able to do whatever also. I love that. And I feel like you do some interesting stuff with like the sound in this song too. Can you talk a little bit about... Um, kind of just like the sonic structure you have kind of going there and like, you know, how you kind of melded maybe the lyrical mood with like the sounds that you approach in that particular song. Yeah, that was as I really started um, like getting more comfortable with my playing and kind of like once I was like, okay, you can write songs. I definitely realized that I wrote a lot of songs that like follow a very similar structure and follow a very similar like strumming pattern and things like that. And I was like, okay, well, we can do this. Mm-hmm. what can we do now and I just remember like sitting in my room um messing around with different strumming patterns and really finding one I liked and just sounded a lot different and I've also um I've been told by a few people that it sounds very percussive and I think that's something mm-hmm. I definitely do a bit when I'm playing acoustic guitar like just my acoustic songs I think like I do a bit with like palm muting and then like kind of knocking on the guitar that I mm-hmm. never even intended and that was one of the ones where I like realized how much I do that because it's like, so now I have to like think about it as I'm sitting here. But yeah, yeah like a lot of time, like palm muting and kind of like slapping my hands onto the strings. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I don't know. I think it, I think it's just another um, expression of that kind of upsetness towards <laughs> an adult coming out. Like, you know, just me feeling those emotions and just kind of expressing them in a more like percussive um, physical way while I'm playing. I love that. It, to me, it was so interesting to kind of uh, just follow the style. And I think the percussive definitely, that's not a word I've used before and I love it because I think that accurately describes what it is that you're doing here with this song. Yeah. I love that. And then, of course, we got to talk about the single that you dropped, Manic Pixie Dream Hurl. I love it because I feel like this is kind of where you really let your, like, emo, dreamy style kind of really shine here. And it was such a great hook being opening. I listened to it, and I was like, yep, I got to talk to this band. That was, like, how instant it was for me because that's how great it was. (laughs) Um, And it felt like such a big opening to the record. Um, What was it like for you to work on and put together this one? Yeah, um... So originally that song, that song was written while and about having a panic attack. Oh, wow. Um, Yeah. So like, um, I'm hiding under my covers, Mm -hmm. talking to my mother on the phone. You know, that's very classic me having a panic attack is me calling my mom being like, oh my God, like, what do I do? And she's like, I don't know, calm down. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh... I also just, I don't know, I'll get into these frames of when I'm having a panic attack, just being like, yeah, like, I'm dying. Like, world's ending, I'm dying. Um, so kind of doing that, but then I also, I really appreciate a song that sounds super happy and doesn't sound like what the lyrics are. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of as I was listening to it, like, like acoustically, I feel like, you know, it's like a little bit more fast paced and it kind of travels around the lyrics, but as we were recording it, I really wanted it to be something that kind of sounded upbeat and dreamy and, like, happy, but then when you're, like, really focusing on the lyrics, you're like, that's not, that's not happy. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it was kind of just one of those and kind of, like, how can we make this sound, like, dreamy and happy? Um, And kind of focusing on that aspect once I had written the kind of, like, sad emo aspect. Yeah, it's interesting because the one word I can use that kind of describes what maybe ties those lyrics and that sound together in the most subtle way possible is it feels like at the beginning, there's almost this feeling, and I'm terrible at describing music sometimes, so I'll do my best here, but it almost feels like swirling, the way that you can experience whenever you are having like an anxiety attack or a panic attack, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, Was that something you were trying to do specifically within the sound to kind of like at least hint toward the mood that you've got going in the lyrics? A little bit, yeah. Because um, definitely it's, like, a lot more fast-paced and a lot more, like, kind of, like, rapid-fire thoughts as though you would have. And then I feel like towards the end, it's kind of, like, when you're taking those, like, big breaths of, like, mm-hmm. no, it's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Um, and, like, uh, where we do that little bit where it's, like, and if I wait, and then little pause, um, kind of just having to wait out the panic attack. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I love that. That's one of the things that I think is the most interesting though, for sure. With that song is I feel like you do kind of go through the moods, if you will, and the emotions that come with having a panic attack. You do have that swirling high at the beginning and then you can kind of feel yourself kind of calm down toward the end. So Mm -hmm. that was really neat that you were able to accomplish that with your music too. That was so cool. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Well, I've prattled on about my favorite songs on the record. Do you have a favorite that you really gravitate to or love? I know I'm um, asking you to pick your favorite baby, but. <laughs> I feel like the two, I'm going to pick two if that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, the two that really gravitated, like, with me, I feel like the first one being Backpack Life, mm-hmm. um, which is our, our ending song. That one was the first, like, you know, we had started recording, and we also had to do, like, these marathon recording sessions where I think I was up here for four days, and we spent, we did, like, eight-hour days for four days in a row, like, eight wow. to ten hours just working on the record um, because I lived in Chicago. So we just had to do it all at once. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had gone through a day and it's not like we weren't into the recording, but I think backpack was the first song that all of us were like, Oh, like I had shown it to my bandmates pretty, like they'd maybe heard it once or twice before Mm -hmm. we went into recording with it. And I think as we kind of started to flush it out, all of us were like, Oh my gosh. And we got so inspired and just like, watching all of us be like, what if we added this here? What if we did this? What if we did little group woos? Like, (laughs) um, and just kind of doing that. And then like, just kind of the experience that we had with that song and like really just getting to write music with my best friends. Like that song, I feel like really embodies it as well as the fact it just kind of embodies like the lifestyle I was living at the time of like living in Chicago and my bandmates were in, um, Minnesota so I was constantly going on these trips up here and that's kind of where like the backpack part comes in mm-hmm. living out of backpacks um and just kind of also like touring life in general and like musician life in general like you're just always you're never home right um, and then I think my second favorite song was probably Slow Ghost mm-hmm. um just because I feel like that is when I had a, a bigger like breakthrough in my own writing like abilities and like when I kind of realized how much more I could do and that I was capable of writing like more complex songs. Cause even for a while, like I was very nervous to tackle like other, I don't know, aspects of writing music. Um, and like just playing around with what I was doing a lot. And I feel like slow ghost was the first one. Like I had just bought myself like my own like little interface and mic so I could demo stuff in my room. Mm -hmm. Um, and I had written that song almost entirely by myself and then brought it to Abe because we were just, like working on some stuff together. We were waiting for B and Sage to show up. And I was like, oh, like I demoed this. Maybe we could record it really quick. And just again, like watching it come together and um, just Abe and I like spiraling off each other and being like, what if we did this? And what if we did this? And like, again, that song, I think we recorded in 45 minutes because we just were so like caught up in it. Wow. Um, And I think it turned out like with a different sound and just kind of like, approaching something else that we hadn't done on the album yet. And it felt really fun to do that. I love that. I love that you had a really great experience recording too, even though you had these like crunch time, okay, we got to get this done in four days situations. I feel like it really helped. It sounds like push the right level of like creativity and exploring and stuff while still getting out like a really awesome record. Yeah, no, it was honestly some of the most fun, like I think I've ever had. And I mean, I ultimately, I think it's because of the people, like, those are really my best friends, like, B, Sage, and A of, like, it's just so fun being around them and getting to work with them, and um, just kind of watching, like, something you create, like, and then seeing, like, people that you trust add to it, Mm -hmm. and be like, oh my gosh, like, you make this so much better, like, you're, you know, like, I'm so glad that you're in it, and just having, like, I don't know, this big fun time, we were all, like, joking, and, like, you could tell that we all cared about it and it was just very pleasant and very fun and exciting. That sounds like such a wonderful experience. I'm so glad you had that. Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I kind of asked you about your favorite songs. Do you have a favorite one that you like to play live or? 
Anything favorite one I like different? Um, I really like to play waves live mm. uh, because we just, at the end, it's just a wall of sound, like Sage mm-hmm. does blast beats. Like we're kind of just going nuts, which is very like, none of the rest of the album has that. None of the rest of our songs have yeah. that. Um, and it feels cool because that kind of getting to explore like that more punky side and that more like, you know, like raw, just mm-hmm. fun, like musicians slamming on their instruments um, and all of us like smiling at each other. <laughs> I really love playing that one live. Um, same with Crocodile Tears because during those like those little bridges almost, mm-hmm. um, just kind of like looking around at everyone while you're playing it and all of us are just having so much fun like leaning backwards into our instruments and like, yeah. <laughs> I love that. Sounds like your shows are very fun too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so what is something you want your listeners to get out of I'm Glad We're Friends? Um, I guess hopefully, like, feeling like they're not alone and, like, maybe feelings that they're having are more, um, common than they expect. Um, or just having, feeling like they have something to relate to because I feel like that was always something so important to me, especially with emo music being, like, an angsty little teen, you know? I felt like that meant so much to me, like, finding out that it, you know, I, these aren't, like... Uh, I can't think of the right word. They're not feelings that you're having alone and they're a lot more common than you think. Um, and I don't know, like some of the things, like even just uh, the song I wrote called Between Hair and Hell, Hell and Hair School, mm-hmm. um, like having those problems with like executive dysfunction and getting yourself to go to things and getting yourself to do things. Um, I think everyone kind of having more examples of like it's a normal thing and, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay. Like, I feel it too. I mostly just want people to have, like, comfort and find comfort in that record. I love it. Definitely can get some of that from this record, that's for sure. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, what's something you want people to know about Thank You, I'm Sorry? Um, It is forever just chronicling self-growth. And, like, it's really, like, this project is based around, like, like I was in a very rough spot when I started this and I'm forever like reevaluating myself and reevaluating like my actions and growing. And I, I want people to know that this project is based in being able to grow and being able to work on yourself and being able to move forward as a human per as words, as a human being, um, as well as overcoming mental illness or at least learning how to deal with mental illness. Mm-hmm. And yeah, just, that kind of thing. <laughs> I love it. I love that just being a focus of your project in general is like, you know, because I think particularly a lot of people forget that like self-growth doesn't stop whenever you're a so-called adult. It goes on forever. And yep. the fact that you kind of have that as sort of like a mission with your project is so cool because I feel like we're going to see a lot of really awesome moments of self-growth through your music and hopefully following you too as an artist. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds so exciting to me. That's for sure. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I know this is kind of a weird year, but you mentioned that you're recording your second album already, which is super exciting. What Mm -hmm. kind of stuff are you working on this year for Thank You, I'm Sorry? 
So right now we're in the process of demoing out our first songs for LP2. Um, we definitely want LP2 to be a bit more thought out um, mm -hmm. and really like putting our all into that record. Um, because not like we didn't do that with this first one, but it definitely was kind of us getting like our sea legs and our s figuring out how we're a band and how we work together and kind of just getting comfortable with each other. And now that we're all kind of comfortable there, like I think LP2 is going to, again, just be a signal of growth and really just be like how we can like come together and make something really cool. Um, we're exploring like a lot of different aspects and a lot of different um, like effects and things we can add and different things we can do. Um, and just kind of trying to make it more interesting and a little bit more like thought out and conceptualized. So I love that. What's one thing you really want to do with thank you. I'm sorry that you've either never done before as a band or something that you just really want to try with this project. Um, <laughs> the first thing that my brain thought of was tour. Cause we haven't had a full band tour yet. Oh, okay. That's awesome. Um, yeah. Or at least not with this, um, like leg of thank you uh when i like my last iteration of bandmates we did like one very short tour where mm. thank you was like my bandmates and i happened to be on the same tour mm. so thank you hopped on for a couple nights but that's cool um i mean so something i would like to do in general with this band is play more shows but mm. obviously with covid um makes things a little bit hard um Besides that, I just kind of want to, like, grow in our community with that and just kind of, like, really find our home um, and, again, just grow as musicians. Like, ultimately, like, you know, experiencing new things is cool, but, like, I think what all of us really want out of this project is growth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that. Well, you're in a great community to be able to do that. I feel like I've talked to so many bands who are based out of Minneapolis now and stuff who are fantastic. So yeah. it sounds like you're in a great spot to be able to accomplish a lot. Definitely. The Minneapolis scene is amazing. And there's so many like incredible, incredible musicians who come out of here. I'd love to hear that. Um, so one thing, one question I always ask at the end of every interview is if you could play a show with any three artists or bands, they can be currently active or you can bring them back from the dead. Mm -hmm. Who would you want to have play a show with you? This is like, this is a very like Colleen answer. Um, <laughs> Best Coast, mm. uh, someone still loves you, Boris Yeltsin, and probably Rilo Kylie, which Ooh. just very indie bands, but. I love it. And I love that like bands like Rilo Kylie and uh, Best Coast are totally an option for you at some point. So that is incredibly. <laughs> nice to hear we're putting the vibe out into the universe that you get booked on one of these really sick tours whenever it is safe to tour again we need to manifest that yes <laughs> i think it'd be so awesome oh, well, I, I would cry big tears <laughs> i don't blame you <laughs> honestly that would be so sick and like you know you never know what's gonna happen i mean this record is amazing we're, we're recording before of course um i'm glad we're friends releases and stuff but it could be the one that pushes you up to these artists' uh, radar. So we're going to send all the vibes that that happens. I'll boost the hell out of it. That's for sure. <laughs> Thank you so much. Yeah, definitely. Thanks so much for joining, Colleen. Where can everybody keep up with Thank You, I'm Sorry on the internet? Yeah, thanks for having me on here. Um, you can follow us on
on Twitter where thank you, I'm sorry, but I think sorry is just spelled S-R-Y because there is a character limit on names and our name is too long. Um, <laughs> Instagram is thank you, I'm sorry, banned. We're a little bit less active. Our Twitter is definitely our most active social media. Um, we have Facebook as well. Just thank you, I'm sorry. Not super active on there. Um, and then we're on all streaming services. Just says thank you, I'm sorry. So. Awesome. Everybody, please be sure to check out Thank You, I'm Sorry, if you haven't already. Their record is amazing. Thanks so much, Colleen. Thank you for having me. Grinding my fingernails. Grinding my teeth. All the things I do when I'm nervous. Without realizing.
but it's like five cans that are like stacked like yes, this. Yes. So then like it's like layered. Then you can mm -hmm. pull the tab off, open the second one, pull it up, that open crisp. the third. Yep. Just so much waste. But you always get the <laughs> Oh, that's a, that's a, this is America. You just heard Thank You, I'm Sorry. Special thanks to Colleen for joining this week to share what all has gone into this record. It's truly a tight and energetic boost of release. Be sure to grab your copy of I'm Glad We're Friends from Count Your Lucky Stars and be sure to stream on all of your favorite apps. That's it for this week, but you can always keep up with Anger Girl music at the Indie Rock Persuasion online. Find episodes, links, articles, and more at, at angergirlmusic.com. Get in touch with me through email at angergirlmusic at gmail.com or on Twitter and Instagram at, at angergirlmusic. If you're interested in being a guest on the pod, reach out and let's chat about what you're working on. I'm definitely booking guests for September and October, so plenty of spots open if you are interested in coming on. Uh, pledge your support for Angry Girl Music of the Indie Rock Persuasion on Patreon at patreon.com slash angrygirlmusic. Special thanks to our monthly patrons Molly O'Malley, Kendra Mamula, Carly Commando, John Kitsy Kitzmiller, Sam Zarwitz, and Orla Tinsey. Thanks for listening. Until next time, stay angry and stay strong. Love you all. Bye for now.